Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. He's a former NFL pro running back, but you might not realize he's also a warrior for the environment. Former running back Ovi Mahaley is our guest today on Weather Geeks, and we're going to talk about an inspiration for his comic book that is seeking to save the planet. We'll also talk about some of his thoughts on climate, the environment, air quality, and football, too. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia, and this is the Weather Geeks Podcast. Uh, Ovi, thank you for joining us on the Weather Geeks Podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, you know, when I when I learned that we were going to have you on, of course I'm familiar with your career. I mean, I've, I've been around the Atlanta area for a while. I grew up in Atlanta, so I know you spent quite almost a decade with the Atlanta Falcons, so that's where many people may be familiar with you from. Mm-hmm. But they, the things that we're going to talk about today may catch them off guard. But before we go there... What are your thoughts on the Super Bowl? Boring oh or not? Gosh. Boring oh. or not? <laughs> Boring is uh, an understatement. Uh, I, I am I, obviously I love the game of football. I love sports. Uh, I love competition. I love seeing two good teams go at it. But it was hard to watch. It was really hard to watch. Even those who are defensive purists said that it was hard to watch because there wasn't like there was any uh, sack fumbles or interceptions or uh, some amazing defensive plays. It was just just oh, punt after punt after punt after punt. Even the commercials were average. <laughs> the halftime show was subpar, I think. I, it just, just the whole way through, um, we can do better Super Bowl. We can do better. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on that before we really talk about sort of some of the initiatives that you're involved with in, for, in terms of the environment, but couldn't couldn't um, pass that opportunity up. But tell us a little bit about, and we're going to go into this in, in detail, but sure. just give us a little intro in terms of what people may be surprised about you in terms of your environmental sort of leanings. Um, people would probably be surprised that I am a geek when it comes to... <laughs> well, uh, this is Weather Geek, yeah. so welcome to our podcast. Because I'm very concerned about why we're having more hurricanes and more wildfires and more droughts. And with the polar ice caps melting and you know the extinction of several animals and the rainforest shrinking and cut, I just want to know what is going to be the implication or, or the... Uh, the end result uh, from all the stuff we're doing for my kids right. and for my kids' kids. Right. And they probably would be thinking that, hey, he's made a lot of money. He's been pretty successful. He's got the house and the car. And someone think the perfect life, like, why is he not just enjoying that? Why is he, you know, diving into this environmental thing? Because some people feel like it's just for, you know, Tree huggers or tree you know, huggers or saving people, the whales yeah, and or, the polar bears, or, yeah, and you know, and super liberals and all types. It, it's it's not about that. It's about people. Yeah, I, I I often say the ice doesn't care if you're a conservative or a liberal. It just melts, and so exactly. I think it's important that people in society see people like you. It's not just the uh, people that they have a sort of stereotypical view in terms of the environment. Um, 
I know you and I have something in common in that. I think we both received something called the Captain Planet Protector of the Earth Award from the Captain Planet Foundation. Yeah. First of all, tell us what who Captain Planet is, because <laughs> rumor has it that you're a big fan. Uh, and I think there may be some listeners out here that maybe aren't even familiar with Captain Planet. So tell us it's what crazy. that is. Remind us what it is for those younger viewers and then, then why you received that award. So, yeah, when I was a, a young teen or a tween, as the kids say, uh, I was in Charleston, South Carolina, and I was just watching TV and trying to find something that uh, caught my attention and came across this Captain Planet thing. Uh, and it was a blue superhero that was a protector of the planet or defender of the earth. And there was this African, not even African American character, an African character called, African. Yeah, yeah. called Kwame, Kwame yeah. that uh, I resonated with or because my parents are from Nigeria and I'm African and I didn't see many African-Americans or Africans on TV. I just thought it was cool how he was throwing that ring around and controlling the earth and using that to protect the people who were defenseless and being a voice for the voiceless. And I just thought the whole um, justice thing that he was involved in was, was really cool. But I started watching episode after episode. They were entertaining. They were funny. They had conflict. They had some cliffhangers that I even got into the comic books. I went back and read the comic books and it really stuck with me. It planted a seed of understanding why the environment's so important and the role that we all need to play with our planet. And that kind of uh, was the start of me getting involved with my foundation and was probably the big reason that I got involved with the Turners and the Seidels and the whole Cat Planet, planet uh, uh, Foundation organization. Because when I first met Laura, I was, you know, gushing about how I grew up watching Captain Planet. Laura Turner Seidel yeah. is the daughter of well-known media mogul Ted Turner, who actually, I believe, created uh, Captain Planet. Yeah, him and Barbara Pyle yeah. uh, created Captain Planet. And uh, I, I was just, you know, singing the whole jingle. I was like, Captain Planet, he's a hero, gonna take pollution out. It's like, well, you know this? I was like, yeah, I know this. And I, you know, episode 22, when he did this and that, it's like, <laughs> oh, you really know this? I was like, yeah, this stuff is great. Yes, I, I liked it too. It's like, uh, you know, G.I. Joe or He-Man is just like part of your, our culture. And, you know, we'll get to it later, but, you know, I wanted to create something that can, again, become part of the, the culture and the lexicon for this generation to grow up with uh, understanding that, oh, I learn about the environment through what Mr. Mahaley put into the universe to this right. lexicon. Right. Yeah, I, th I think that's amazing. And I, I, let's, let's just go there because you have something that I believe that you've created called Gridiron Green or Green Gridiron. Yeah, gridiron Green. You got it right yeah, the first time. I thought time. I got it right the first time. Tell us about that and, and, and what is it? Gridiron Green has been a project that's been in my mind for almost 10 years. And I've been uh, extremely excited about uh, kind of recreating the buzz that uh, Captain Planet gave to me and to millions of children who are now young adults who now, uh, you know, direct uh, some of their actions or, or they do what they do because they're first introduced to Captain Planet and they're first introduced to the environment through Captain Planet. So now they are more open to recycling or to composting or to taking time to use their uh, their money on, on Products that are sustainably sustainable sourced, uh, sustainably sourced, mm -hmm. um, and, and they just have that that understanding that it, it's it's bigger than just me, and what I do is going to affect the people that I love. Uh, I want to recreate that, and I, so I came up with Gridiron Green, which is a the first 
sports and environmental super, superhero who happens to be an African-American. And he's definitely the first black sports environmental superhero. Sure. <laughs> I, um, uh, being a sports player, um, I know the power of sports. Sure. I know how people may not like the environment, may not be uh, big on uh, sustainability or climate change or global warming or any of that, but they just love football, basketball, baseball, sports, anything. This can be uh, a gateway, um, you know, a, a window for them to get involved in something that they really do care about. They just don't know that this is part of it. Because you ask, you know, everyone in the world, do you care about kids? Yeah, of course. Cares. Do you care about your own kids? Oh yeah. Would you do anything for kids? I'd do anything for my kids. Would you recycle? Nah, that's for him. I ain't gonna recycle. Why would I right. do that? Uh, it doesn't really matter. I mean, the world's not gonna end if I don't recycle right now. But he's like, well, actually, if you and your friend and your neighbor and everyone don't not only recycle, but compost to make good choices, to turn off the lights, to turn off the water, to advocate that we have leaders that are going to protect the planet, yes, it actually <laughs> be the end. And why even take that chance? Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm just ecstatic to hear what you're saying because I can clearly see that you're someone that gets it, that understands you're, you're using your platform. You're strategically leveraging your platform as a popular professional athlete uh, to reach an audience that you very much may not think about sort of the kitchen table issues that are related to environment and climate. One of the things as a climate scientist that I find, we talk about climate change, for example. People think it's about polar bears and butterflies and mm -hmm. things we like. But, you know, when I point out that, you know, the amount of what they're paying for cereal or gas or public health, national security are all linked to climate change, uh, those kitchen table issues resonate. And that's what I hear you saying as well in terms of what you're thinking about with, with your, your program. So, where can we find uh, this effort, or where can you point people to to kind of find what you're up to with Gridiron Green? Yeah, uh, the, my website is uh, was just done by a great nonprofit called 48 and 48. Got to give them a shout out. They do 48 nonprofits in 48 hours, and they get all the tech and AV and all the wizards who do this for a living to all donate their time to nonprofits that just need the need the help and need the assistance and uh, want to be able to reach more people with their message as well as to get the funders necessary to do the work they do. So Mark O'Brien and uh, 4848, they're uh, amazing people, but our website is omfgreen.org, omfgreen.org. And we just started a crowdfunding campaign at projectsforgood.com. Uh, projectsforgood.com, a great nonprofit platform to not only help nonprofits raise funds for their causes, but to bring together the people who can facilitate it moving past that. So if you need someone to do graphics, somebody to do a uh, pitch deck, somebody to, to help you uh, strategize or get a business plan, they have all these people that have been, it's like a Angie's List for nonprofits where you can say, all right, he worked on my thing and he did a great job, or he worked on your thing, he did a great job, he, great people, and everything's right there, which is sometimes so hard because in this nonprofit space, maybe even more so as, a, as an athlete, it's somewhere where people try to take advantage of your heart and of uh, your goodwill. So finding good people is important. Prize for Good helps you raise the money and find the right people to help you take advantage of that. Well, now one thing, I, I, I just met you today, but clearly I can see that you're a very intelligent, thoughtful young man, and as well as a, an elite athlete. Many athletes use their platforms for things like children's health or, or economic disadvantage or social justice, all of which are very important. You've chosen the environment and, and, and the planet. 
Do you get any pushback? Have you experienced pushback from ideological extremes or people that say, oh, that's that's a hoax, all that stuff? Why are you wasting your time? I do. I, I really do. And it's, it's surprising. Well, they, they hesitate to push back on me in well, person. When they, when they, in person, I can see yeah. You know, it's, I, I find that to be the case, too. It's very easy in social media to yes. hide behind a keyboard and say things. But, yeah, they're not going to walk up to you and say certain things, I can tell. I'm a little bit larger than most. Yes. But um, I have people, you know, go and kind of take uh, the, the same line of thinking as our president has, being that it's a hoax and it's fake and it's just all political and uh, the EPA is doing a great job right now because you know they're deregulating and uh, everyone needs to get a fair chance and capitalism reigns and uh, we need to have it's just people don't get it until it affects them great because point. these same people who say that it's a hoax if they were living in certain parts of the of the, um, the of the country of the world where they are having these droughts and these heat waves where they're getting hit by hurricane after hurricane. Hurricane Michael, Hurricane Florence, yes. just recently the wildfires in California. If, I wish you can put these people right on the polar ice caps and they can just sit there and watch it melt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, no, this is normal. Uh, I, I just keep doing what I'm doing and I try to always make that connection of what do you love? What do you want to really accomplish with your life on this earth? And a lot of people say they want to leave a legacy. I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave a legacy. You can't leave a legacy of uh, just, you know, death and destruction and uh, of um, of killing our planet for our kids. And I hate to, you know, go extreme, but, you know, at some point you have to sh let people know that this is a possibility. Now, I don't think it's ever going to get there because I'm not going to allow it. <laughs> and a lot of people on this planet aren't going to allow it. But things can go really bad if we continue going the way we're going. And if you can make that connection to these people who are so negative about it and try to say that I'm wasting my time and I should be focusing on something else, you'll be caught up in a negativity spiral because there are so many great causes out there. And I, I you know, applaud my athletes. Uh, I spoke to Chris Long before he won the uh, Walk to Pay Man of the Year. I saw him uh, during the festivities of the Super Bowl and just, uh, you know, dapped him up and, and told me, you know, how proud I was of him because I played with him for the with the Rams for all four weeks after the Falcons, <laughs> the Falcons released me. And, yes, and you did go to the Rams. I went to the Rams yeah, for training yeah, camp. Sure. The coach told me that I was the best at fullback. He just said, you know, cap casually, whatever. Anyways, but uh, but Chris was always a stand-up guy, and I admired him from afar. Getting chance to play with him and against him was uh, an honor. And he is doing, you know, he's doing God's work. He's out there everywhere trying to help out. And guys like him, I told him about the comic book. He was like, oh, man, that's great. I, I, I had it. Like I was coming from a vet. He's like, oh, that's dope, man. I love to, you know, kind of attach that to what I'm doing. I love to you know, kind of add this to what I'm doing. Same with uh, Josh Norman, cornerback. Uh, saw Josh Norman, uh, Tequila Spike. A lot of guys that I'm friends with. Um, one of my initiatives is getting more players to understand that the work they do and where their heart is to really help youth you can add an environmental element to that or a sustainability element to that. You know, giving them the opportunity to make green by going green or to save green by going green or to help with uh, these health issues they're having or to improve their physical environment. That's something that you can do simply by starting a conversation. Right. And giving a kid a comic book is the easiest way to start a conversation about the environment because they're thinking you're just giving them something that's cool to read. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. 
Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. And we are back on the Weather Geeks podcast. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia, and I'm talking with all-pro running back Ovi Mahaley, formerly of the uh, Atlanta Falcons here locally, but also with the Los Angeles Rams. I guess they were, were they the Ram, L.A. Rams? They were the, the St. Louis they were Rams. St. Louis at that, that, that time. Ravens, and, Falcons, and Rams. And we're, we're talking about um, Ovi's efforts in the environmental and climate and saving the earth movement. Uh, I am actually holding a copy of uh, Gridiron Green right now. It's an amazing comic book. Um, the, 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 the main character on, on the cover is, uh, I'm, I'm sure my son would love this as well. Uh, Ovi created this, and it's, it's important that you all see the efforts of a former NFL player giving back his time, efforts, and his concern about planet Earth, because as I often say, there's no plan B planet. Yeah. And so we need to take care of this one. I want to kind of pivot now and talk about a story that I read about you related to your kids. Mm -hmm. Now, we often hear about climate change, sea level rise, and these are all critical things. But one of the things that often gets forgotten is just standard air pollution and air quality issues. Yeah. You had some specific concerns about that. Tell us about that. My specific concerns were uh, it's what really turned up and dialed up by intensity for trying to solve this problem um, because we all want to give our kids the best life possible. That kind of drove me when I was playing football because it, it's, it's hard at times, you know, these, these early mornings and these uh, injuries you fight through and, you know, trying to get an opportunity to, to show the coaches what you can do. There's politics involved. So it, it's rough, but every practice, every game, I always write down my kids. I used to be my mom and dad. And then uh, when I got, had babies, uh, my wife had babies, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I, I started writing down my kids' names, uh, Olivia, Nasia, Obasi, um, on my wrist. And I'd rub them together before every play to remind myself why I'm doing this, you know, why I'm trying to fight so hard so I can be in a position to give them everything. Uh, when my kids were born, didn't happen once, it happened twice. Both of them were born severely premature. Oh, wow. And so they came uh, two months, almost uh, two and a half months early. So they were these, fit in the palm of my hand, these small little creatures, you know, fighting for their lives and going through all these surgeries and having all the IVs, you know, in their nose and all of their body and uh, being stuck several times to do blood tests. And we waited two months in the, in the NICU for them to, to get better and to grow up and to be healthier. And we wanted to take them out of the NICU to uh, come home because we just wanted to stop sleeping on cots and the floors of the hospital. That's my wife. She like lived there because sure. she, she wanted to it's make sure. Yeah, these are our babies. Yeah. And, and when the uh, we were about to take them out and the doctor rushed over to us and was like, you know, we can't allow you guys to leave. Uh, if we do, you have to be on oxygen, but it's not going to be safe for you because the air quality in Atlanta, there's a low level smog alert and that could be potentially, you know, harmful, even fatal to your kids with their underdeveloped lungs. And it didn't really resonate with me. And I looked at my wife and this, her face was just, she was just 
exhausted because they had told her, here's a date, here's a date, here's a date. And I, all right, here's a date. We're going home. We're going to be all right. And uh, to, to understand that there is this nameless, faceless thing called the air pollution. Yeah, photochemical smog, yeah, ozone. That, that has the ability to or had the ability to end my kid's life was troubling to me. Not even troubling. It, it was I was infuriated. I was like, why aren't people doing something to right. fix this? Right, because this was impacting not only your life, it was the, 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 your kids. I mean, it was something you can't control, per se, but had a direct impact on your family well-being. It did. And I'm like, what's wrong with the people in charge? What's wrong with the people who are taking, keeping track of this stuff? What's wrong with the people who are putting this stuff in the air? Who's allowing this? Right. Why is no one else here infuriated by this? Right. Why is it just me? I want to take my kids home and do so without worrying. Should I, kept, should I have kept them an extra month or an extra week? Like, when is it safe for my kids to breathe this air? Because doctor tell me directly that it could be detrimental to their health to the point of, you know, being fatal. That's not something to play around with when you have, you know, a, a, a child that can fit in the palm of your hand that is, you know, hasn't even gotten color yet, still pink or all the way around, and this little chest going up and down. And as a father, the reason I play ball is so I can give them the best house and the best car and the best car seat and the best crib and the best food and the best everything. I can't even give them the best planet. You want to give your kids the world? I could not give my kids the world. I couldn't even give them, you know, an, an extra couple of days on this planet unless I kept them in the NICU. Right. And so that's unacceptable to me. It should be unacceptable to every single parent or every single human being who lives on this planet to say that, you know what, I'll let somebody else deal with it. I'll let somebody else, you know, to take care of it. The way I talk about it when I I go around to these schools is just like, it's like an NFL player saying, I'm going to wait for somebody else to make a play. No team wins when people have the mentality that somebody else will figure it out. Right. If Matt Ryan's saying, you know, Michael Turner will make a big play. If Michael Turner's saying, Matt Ryan make a big play. If I'm like, you know what, somebody else will do it. Then no one wins. You have to have the mentality that if I don't do it, no one else will. Right. I got to figure out a way to solve this problem, fix this issue, make a difference, uh, you know, exact some change. I got to do it. And that's the way that I felt about this because it's 2019. Right. There are no black environmental superheroes. Why the heck is that? Right. Because there are black people. Right. The environment's an issue. Right. Why has no one created an environmental, a black environmental superhero? Captain Planet is the bomb, and I love it. But there are kids who won't pick up a Captain Planet comic, right. won't watch Captain well, Planet. Well, I think we saw that, and I think it resonates even, yeah, it's, it's cross-racial, cross-cultural. We saw it with Black Panther and the yeah. success of that movie. Um, you, kids need to see sort of all types of perspectives. I know coming up as a young um, a boy wanting to be a scientist, you know, I had very few sort of options and yeah. role models that, that I could look to. And so I really applaud what you're doing. I, I want to kind of circle back, being that this is Weather Geek, you, you, you heard we talk about air quality issues. Um, yeah, it comes from both primary and what we call in science secondary pollutants. You have the primary pollutants that come out of our tailpipes and factories and whatnot, but there are also these pollutants that essentially get cooked up by the sun. We call that photochemical smog. The photo is the sun part. And so it creates these challenging environments for kids like yours. And so it's important that we have an EPA yeah. that's not being <laughs> raided of its power. It's yes. important that we have things like the Clean Air Act and the, and the Clean Air Act amendments, thank to, thanks to uh, the president 
President Bush, first Bush administration. So I guess the point I'm making here is environmental or climate-related issues are not inherently political. They're mm -hmm. not conservative. They're not liberal. They're not Republican or Democrat. They're about our kids and are about our, our and are about our kitchen table issues. You mentioned that your your background is Nigerian. Uh, your family is from Nigeria. Do you find uh, when you think about perhaps your world travels or think back to your, your home country or our home continent, that there is a different perspective on environmental issues uh, in sort of the global community as opposed to what you find here in the States? Yeah, um, because a lot of times, um, you know, with uh, Africans or other countries, what we now have made some fancy names for so we can get paid more uh, chief resiliency officers or you know chief sustainability officers or director of and we 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 fancied it up but you know it's just doing the right thing uh we don't didn't have a the food waste issues as much as we have here in other countries because it was just known like food was scarce and you saved your food and you use every piece of uh, the crop that you got or every piece of the cow that you're trying to butcher, use every piece of uh, your resources because you understood that they were the earth's to give and that not yours and you had a certain respect out of it. Whether you look at the Native American community, the African community, Indian community, it's it's here in America we have so much excess where you know people go hungry yet we throw away food all the time exactly you privileged know, society yeah we create food deserts uh, and people are going into the you know the gas station for Snickers and, and candy bars when they can't find any fresh food for miles around like we've created that in other countries and my parents um, they raised me in a environment where we respected the planet and. We just try to do right by it because it's doing right by ourselves. So I, I think that if um, everyone in America can go and visit a, um, a country outside of here, for the most part, they'll see the difference in how you treat the planet because you know that it's it gives you the life that you have. Yeah, I think there are many, many countries around the world, particularly on, on the African continent and around and other parts of the world, are particularly vulnerable to some of these environmental and climate changes that we see, yet aren't necessarily the ones producing yeah. the problem. And so that's an interesting sort of debate that's been going on in some of the national policy, dis international discussions mm -hmm. related to climate agreements and whatnot. So. Yeah, one of the things that I was surprised to know is that, or when I first uh, found out or figured out that what we do here affects other countries. And when you kind of look at like who's creating the most pollution on earth, and of course, you know, China's a, a large mass of uh, people and uh, so are some other countries, but with what we do per person, it's a lot. Yeah. And people who had nothing to do with uh, this issue are being affected by it in our country and other countries. Yes. Because it's not like we have a invisible dome Ex over our country exactly. and our pollution only affects our people. Now, our pollution affects the whole world sure, sure. as well as their pollution affects us, too. So sure. it's something to where we have to have a global consensus on how we're going to attack this. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. 
And we're back on the Weather Geeks podcast. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard. I'm talking with former NFL running back, pro bowler Ovi Mahaley about some of his activities as it relates to Gridiron Green, uh, his environmental activities. What do you have as sort of, in your, in, as we're talking here, you just flipped open the comic book to the first page uh, and you've got 17 goals to achieve, three extraordinary things in the next 15 years. Talk a little bit about what you're trying to do there. I love... United Nations, and I love what UNICEF is doing to promote their SDGs. And a lot of people don't know what an SDG is. And this is why the comic book that I have and all the comics that are around um, the SDGs are so important. The Sustainable Development Goals, uh, kind of the, the layman's talk I always say, is that you know all the countries came together and said, all right, we got a problem. Uh, Everything's going, you know, to crap. We we gotta figure out ways to uh, help save ourselves and save the planet. So they created 17 goals amongst themselves that said, if we follow this, we can um, fix everything. Everything from uh, life on land to life on water. We have no poverty. We have zero hunger. Good health and wellness. Uh, reduce inequalities, uh, g- gender inequality, and, and so many others. But all these things have maybe. 10 to 15 more points per uh, SDG, per sustainable development goal, it's a lot of reading. And no one reads it. <laughs> they took a, right. a, a poll, it was like, all right, so we, we got together and they spent you know months, even years, coming together with, all right, we've, we have a Bible of what is gonna save the world. Here it is, world, read it, let's follow it, and we did it, we won. Right. We didn't win because no one's reading it. No, no one's, one's reading. No, no one's, one's following reading. it. Yes. And, or not enough are, are reading it. So they said, you know what? People like pictures. Pictures are still worth a thousand words. And comics are even more exciting. We want to get the youth involved and young adults involved because they are the future. Let's create a group called Comics Uniting Nations. Not United, but Comics Uniting Nations. And these comics will unite these nations through the SDGs. So they've found different influencers to represent different SDGs to bring that stable development goal to life. I went to an event in D.C. where... um, I met some good group of people who are looking for athletes to get involved. I'm like, I'm an athlete. Right. Like, you know, we want to get involved with SDGs. So if anyone's you're interested in, I was like, well, I've had this idea about an environmental comic uh, for a while called Gridiron Green. It's like, perfect. I'm like, we'll we'll help you uh, move it along. So they helped me get a platform where they're going to create this comic in different languages. They're going to help push it out. They help me with it, distributing it. And I'm helping them let people know that these SDGs are important. Like, take the time to actually read the SDG or, you know, read these comics. You go to comicsunitingnations.org and you'll see not only my comic, there's a comic from Marvel, there's a comic about gender equality with the, uh, an Indian superhero. There's so many great comics that, and I've read almost all of them, they teach you about the SDGs without you knowing you're being taught about the SDGs. Right. And that's important in terms of uh, conveying messaging. What, what you, before we came on, you were talking about some immersive reality or some, what, what sort of next for you in that regard? I love technology. I love, uh, I love science. I love innovation. And I love being able to use those things in order to uh, drive people to get more involved in, in our environment and in their overall health. So what we're trying to do right now, we're like I mentioned, we're doing a big uh, crowdfunding raise uh, at projectsforgood.com, and we are working with some partners and you know hoping to work with Weather Channel as well. We uh, have some exciting talks going on 
where we can use some of this augmented reality uh, um, technology to play games and answer questions that come from the comic book. So you read the comic book as, you know, rather read a textbook, you read a comic book, you see a great story, but you learn different tenets of, you know, being a good steward of our planet, and you can then be tested on it through the game. So we have uh, two or three different games coming out with the one that I have on my phone is where you're gridiron green and kind of like uh, what's it, not NBA jams uh, with Michael Jordan, Bugs Buddy, oh, uh, Space Jam, Space Jam. Yeah. So it's, it's Space Jam of sorts where gridiron green is a quarterback and you have different you know mod stars out there uh, uh, trying to sack him. And he's throwing football, trying to knock him out because he kind of in the comic he throws footballs at lights of energy to uh, defeat the bad guys. But you can't just it, it, you throw a question up there, but to answer the questions A, B, C, or D, and you have to choose the monster you want to throw to. You have to pick the you know the force, the mass, acceleration, the uh, uh, the actual arc uh, you want to throw the football so you can hit that target. And if you choose the right one, you advance down the field. So it's just a great way to get kids excited about. Uh, learning, retaining that learning, using all their their skills to try and win games. We're going to have a gamification element to it where if you beat the game at certain times, you have a high score, you get a recycled plastic hat or you get a recycled plastic T-shirt. And uh, we're working with another great partner that can track how many kids win and how much they they do win and what that's going to mean for getting these swag paraphernalia from us rather than going to a store and getting it and how that reduces the overall carbon footprint. Wow, this is, this is amazing. If you're, if you're not impressed listening to uh, this this interview on the Weather Geeks podcast today, uh, I, I, I don't know what impresses you because this is um, not only important and impressive that uh, an, an elite professional athlete uh, is using his platform, but he's moving the needle, not only on environmental issues, but on STEM-related issues as it relates to kids uh, because we know that the the future is going to be heavily STEM or STEAM-based, science, technology, engineering, math, and the A is the art. I do want to take this last five minutes or so Mm -hmm. to pivot a little bit because, you know, Weather Geeks, man, we're getting some sort of athletic props here. I think you're the fourth pro bowler we've had on either the Weather Geeks uh, television show or podcast. We had work done, Owen Daniels. Uh, the most recent podcast airing right now is with Brett Kern, the NFL punter for the uh, Tennessee Titans. Hmm. I want to take an opportunity here because you're our first fullback. Okay. Tell us a little bit about, about the weather <laughs> and how it impacts your pre- preparation as a pro running back. Were there certain weather situations that you disliked the most or things that you thought about going into game preparation related to weather? Well, well the easiest one is rain. When it, when it rains and rains real hard, uh, you had to make sure you kept that towel in your, in your uh, hip pocket because wiping your hands before every single play. Like, yeah, sometimes <laughs> I did it one time during a play. It was I, I just felt my hands were so wet, so I'm wiping my hands, going out for a route, and I throw the, the towel down, and then he throws the ball to me. Like the next second, I catch it. Thank goodness my gloves are somewhat dry, so I can catch the ball. Uh, also, when it, when it gets really cold, some of these guys want to be tough and wear no sleeves. And um, <laughs> I don't know. They say it makes you warmer without the sleeve. I don't believe that. I think it's just a mental thing. 
I like sleeves. I hate cold. Right. Uh, but what if, about for in terms of holding and gripping the ball in cold weather? Is that a particular problem? The ball problem? is like a solid block of ice, right. and it's a, it's really hard. And we have we actually practice uh, catching hard balls. Right? Um, yeah, but, Brett, Brett talked about that as well in terms of punting in cold situations. Yeah. The ball gets so much harder. It, it gets it gets a lot harder as, as a fullback. You know. When you get the ball, you have to high and tight, you know, five points of pressure. And that comes just doubly important when it's cold because it's it's easy. Your hands are almost numb and you can't feel it uh, at the five points. It's easier to fumble. Um, hot days, hydration is always important, but um, it's drinking when you're not thirsty. Uh, I had to you know, understand that in college and even the pro where'd level. You, where'd you play college ball? Uh, Wake Forest University. Wake Forest. The, the Wake Forest the, University. I, I'm a Florida State alum, so All fellow right. ACC are here. Wake Forest, very excellent academic institution as well. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in sort of sort of closing here, where can people find you on social media? You yeah, personally. I am on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, you search Ovi Mahaley. There's only one of me. So right. uh, it's like at Ovi Mahaley 34 on Twitter. It's Ovi 34 on Instagram. It's I think Ovi Mahaley on Facebook and uh, LinkedIn again, Ovi Mahaley. But uh, before I leave, I got, I got to give a couple people props. Please because, do. Yeah, um, got a few minutes. Um, on the comic book, if you look in the small letters, you'll see co-creator Matt Sixbar. And he's a young brother out of, out of Athens who this is his first comic book. So he's done some work in the NFL. Um, uh, he's done a lot, a lot of uh, drawings and murals. But as far as comic books, he's always won an opportunity to do so and did an amazing job for us wow. and really helped us with uh, the story, with some of the, uh, well, they did all the illustration. Uh, we had a colorist help us out. And uh, he's a big reason that we were able to do this. Uh, also, my wife, Masika, who's also my foundation director, has been pushing this when people said, no one cares about a black environmental superhero. No, people told me to my face, not interested, not going to fund it, not giving you money for this, don't want to put it out, no one's going to publish it. Uh, you know, shout out to the NFL. Uh, you know, truth be told, they weren't that interested either. I came to them for 10 years saying that I wanted to work with the environment and I wanted to push an environment superhero like, ah, we'll get back to you. We'll let you know. And, um, huge shout out to, to Anna Isaacson and her team. Um, they bought 250 comics for, uh, the Super Bowl event that was here in Atlanta, super kids, super sharing. And I was able to give them out to oh, the wow. kids and sign them. And they now have, have an NFL green, uh, part of what they do. I'm excited to be part of that. So remind us again if someone's listening and want to get a copy of the comic. But remind us again yeah, where they can go get please, it. Please go get a copy. Yeah, I promise you'll love it. OMFGreen.org. Click Gridiron Green. You can order a, a comic right now. You'll love it, and it'll be the start of something great because yeah. this is just again the gateway to getting involved in so much uh, of the environmental issues that we need kids to get involved in. And when you get involved, someone else gets involved. You tell your friends, change your neighborhoods, your households, and eventually change, change the world. Final question. What's next for Ovi Mahaley in the next five years? Oh, my goodness. Um, we're already talking to some groups that uh, want to turn this into a cartoon. Uh, maybe here in the World Channel, I don't know. But, uh, but we'll, we'll, we're talking to, I mean, we've had interest from Cartoon Network, from Netflix, from Hulu. I mean, content is king. And when you click the boxes of the diversity, STEM, uh, the environment, sure. and uh, it's and sports and NFL, we're clicking those boxes. We have a lot of people who are excited. We even talked to some uh some studios that I don't, I'm not ready for this to, to go to a movie because I, I feel like we have a lot to do in the comic book space, in the educational space, even the, the cartoon space. Uh, but 
that option is still there. So in five years, if we did have a movie, that'd be great. But more importantly is to get this into every public school and private school as part of the curriculum to get kids excited about going green. Yeah. And that's where I want to end it today. I want to thank Ovium Haley for coming into the Weather Channel to take the Weather Geeks podcast. I also want to give a big shout out to uh, Laura Turner Sardell and the Captain Planet Foundation. John R. Sardell. John R. Sardell as well. And everybody that's supporting uh, the environmental and climate uh, initiatives going on around the world. Because at the end of the day, I'll say it one more time. There's no Plan B planet. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) 